Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You follow us on Twitter at Thundercast on underscore pod, and you can find us on Instagram at Thundercast underscore pod as well. Uh, head on over and like us on Facebook. Please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of that YouTube exclusive content. Russ, the position group breakdown series culminated last week. Um, if If fans... Only got some of that. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to all of those episodes so you can really get an in-depth knowledge of the roster and where some of those position battles are going uh, within each individual unit or who we may think who we think may rise out of the pack, so to speak. But that was a really great, um, really great series. And it's gonna further culminate this week as we are just a week away. Episode-wise, it's this one, and then we're doing a week one preview. So this is season predictions, Russ. I know you're excited about this. Of course, we also have five things we're going to go around the herd. And we got some great info for you uh, that's going to be included in those five things that people have been talking about. So let's get into it. Uh, let's first get us a, a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Matt and Jason are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who have helped many people just like you with claims throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Car wrecks, truck wrecks, and injury claims aren't just something they do, it's what they do. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Okay, Russ, we've got five things that we've got to talk about. The athletic season is underway and Marshall is out of the gate rolling. So give me five things every Herd fan needs to know this week. And it is a true five things every Herd fan needs to know this week, as usual, brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, Herd fuel station in the John Marshall room. Now, we had talked ever so briefly about this because it was mentioned in the notes of uh, one of those Board of Governors meetings two quarters ago, maybe mm -hmm. one quarter ago. And I couldn't bring up all the information that was discussed because it was discussed on the big green foundation board meeting, but now we can talk about it because they've it's, it's up, it's live. Uh, Monday, August 21st was the first day of it. And now we can talk about it. It's been yep. posted. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a great thing because it provides a healthier, set of eating options for not just our athletes, but also all students. And it's upstairs in the student center uh, in the, uh, what is it, Don Morris room? I think it's John, John, Marshall, John Marshall room. room. That's right, John Marshall room. So just a new set of options. So if you're in that healthier mm -hmm. lifestyle, you want to eat a little cleaner and you want good quality food going into your body, then now on campus, you can get that. You're not just reduced to, you know, fatty, uh, fat food, fatty foods and bad foods, fast foods. You can actually have some healthier options. And, you know, from an athletic standpoint, man, that's a, that's huge. Being able to fuel your body the right way. That's going to go a long way into helping 
all of our student athletes. I think this is a tremendous addition to the arsenal, so to speak, the the amenities at Marshall Uni University because it's not just limited to our athletes, and I think that right. is the best part about it. So this is a yeah. super cool thing. Yeah, and it's not just football. It is all athletes, and as you mentioned, it's not all student athletes. It's all students, you know, um, highly important. Uh, they have a nutritionist that was behind a lot of this. She's quoted in the article. You can read this article on herdzone.com or on the herdzone app, tell you all the ins and outs, but they're talking about getting lean proteins in there. They're talking about larger plates. So think of a student athlete, you know, getting a, a plate of food for someone that's a 330 pound offensive lineman is not the same as me or you getting a full mm -hmm. plate. Now, I'll mm -hmm. put myself up against just about anybody <laughs> eating. But these athletes need a lot more protein than I need. Uh, they need uh, healthy uh, vegetables and fruits for energy. So they're getting good complex carbs, getting uh, good lean proteins, a balanced uh, breakfast and lunch. And that's the thing, too. This was previously only open for lunch for certain hours, and now it is open in the mornings. And it is open. There's a 30-minute window there where they switch over from breakfast to lunch. So basically, you can take care of any student athlete or any student that wants to do it. It's part of the meal plan. And then if there's a balance, you can pay the balance. And any of the student athletes, uh, the balance just gets billed back to the athletic department. So that's a great place for these guys to get two of their likely four-plus meals that they're going to be having during the day, meals and snacks to maintain their proper nutrition that they need to compete. Yep. I would, I would, I would go so far as to call this a differentiator Russ. I really would yep. because we, we know um, a lot about the dieting habits in our regions where we're from and they're not yep. the greatest. You know, we all love that comfort food and that comfort food is not generally the most healthy. I miss it like crazy being all the way down here, you know, in Florida. I don't, I don't get that. You know, my, my mom just can't bounce over and make something that I love to eat. So yeah. uh, it, it is great for folks that uh, don't want to be tied to those type of meals that they can really have more control over what they're putting into their bodies. Um, not just athletes, but if you're trying to make a positive change, now it's a little bit easier for you to do that. Just home run uh, thing to roll out here at Marshall. Well, Coach Huff mentioned it when he was here on the podcast before, and he was mm -hmm. talking about nutrition and what our athletes are putting into their bodies and things like that. And he said, we've got to have some kind of uh, food table. You know, we've got to have something to where they can have better choices to eat and everything. So they're not just going over and hitting up fast food to get some of their meals in and stuff like that. And it being part of the meal plan is just, that's what makes it big. You know, they don't have to worry. How often have you seen you can go and I'll I'll throw out McDonald's. You can go there and you can get a very cheap cheeseburger uh, or you can get a meal cheaper than you could get a healthy salad there. Of course. A bottle of water costs more than a, a sugary drink and almost the same as a milkshake. So it it's those choices that you say, well, I want to save money, so I'll eat what costs them less, but it's worse for me. Well, they don't have to do that here. They can eat good foods, do what's maximum performance for them, and they don't have to worry about the cost. Mm -hmm. I agree, man. It's it's a it's just a great thing. All right. So number two, we have the Sunbelt Conference officially brings back swim and dive. We had talked about this way before we even went into the Sunbelt. 
Yep. Uh, before that 7-1 2022 date, we talked about this. We speculated where they might go. If you remember, we had an sure. entire little segment where we talked about that. They ended up going to the Missouri Valley Conference. They went there for one year. Now swimming, I mean, yeah, swim and dive is back in the Sunbelt Conference uh, with four teams starting off right now. Yeah, four teams total, not not a total of five, including Marshall, but four total teams. And it's great. Now everybody's all under the same roof, you know. Yeah. All of Herd Athletics is is under the Sunbelt moniker, and, I mean, that's really where you want to be. But I'm going to tell you this. You want to raise some freaking money for swim and dive? Sell the freaking towels, man. People will yeah. buy those things. Mr. Spears, I love you. I know you're listening. <laughs> Sell the towels to uh, fans. Like, that's the yeah. – a t-shirt is one thing. Great. Like if you want a shirt that says Marshall swim and dive, awesome. Buy that. But yeah. more people will, you know what? I would buy a towel cause I live in beach country. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's something that I can throw down on the beach and like display another, another way to display my love for the herd. Sell me the towel, man. Sell yeah. it to I, me. I would, I know for a fact, our family would buy them for beach towels. Yeah. Uh, now I hate to give up my Batman towel. I really do. <laughs> I may still take it, but I would totally rock a Marshall script towel. Yes. With Kelly Green. And, and I'm going to take it a step further. I've talked about this before. They weren't in any of those recent pictures that were out, but they have these, like, I don't know. They look like a hockey jersey almost. They're a big, really big kind of bulky jersey looking thing, and it's got the script Marshall. And those things look really sweet, too. And I, you have to forgive me. I don't know what the technical word is for those. I mean, they might call it a jersey, but. Make those available. Guys, these are this is easy ways to make money for these programs because these are unique items that we're not selling and fans yeah. want. They they want they will pay you 30 bucks, 35 bucks for a towel because it looks cool, man. You know, they'll pay you 50 bucks for one of those cool oversized jersey looking things because they look cool. And think about that. If somebody buys a couple of towels and one of those jerseys, that's well over a hundred bucks. And a lot of that money is going to go straight to the swim and dive program. You know, of course, minus costs, but excellent fundraiser. Excellent. We, it's a no brainer to me. Yeah. And I mean, think of how many of our fan bases live in those uh, beach or pool climates uh, yeah. that are year round, you know, they have moved down South and uh, they, how often do you run into someone uh, wearing gear from down there at those things? I can't go to Myrtle Beach. I went down there for the bowl game. I couldn't go down there without passing uh, decals and flags on cars. Now, I know people were down there for the bowl, but there were people that lived down there year round. And mm -hmm. they would definitely rock a towel. Yeah, for sure. I know they would. For sure. All right. So number three. The soccer teams, this is both of them, were named mm -hmm. Team Academic Award winners by the United Soccer Coaches. That uh, makes them one of 182 schools to have both programs named. And it uh, there were over 800 schools total, uh, so like easily 400 institutions. And we were one of the 182 to get a 3.0 on both of them. I think that's pretty cool. Obviously, we like it when our uh, teams are achieving academically, but um, I like, <laughs> I'm going to say this tongue in cheek because, you know, we were talking to Coach Ari and, and you mentioned the GPA and she was like, 3.35. Eh, <laughs> she's like, eh, I'm not too excited about that. <laughs> yeah, need, need it higher. God love her. I, 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 could, I can dig that, right? I can, I can dig that. She's like, yeah, we need to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this game. But yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> I just love that because, 
uh, be, anyway, 3.0 is great, right? I mean, I, I look around and I say, I didn't graduate Marshall with a 3.0. I was nipping at the heels, but I didn't get there. I would have loved to have had a three in front of the decimal point. But uh, this is still cool because it's 182, one of 182 schools that met this threshold out of over 800 schools involved. I mean, 800 teams over 400 okay, schools. Okay, 400 schools. So still, yeah. that's less than 50%. Sure. Okay, so that's 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 still really, really good to me. You know, if you're on the top half of anything, you're better than average, obviously. So we're above average in these things. If, if the criteria were a little higher, if it were – I don't know what our GPAs were. I can't remember. But what if it was like one of over 3.25 or 3.3? That and number is obviously going to dwindle down. Am I misremembering that swim and dive finished number one in the nation? Was yeah, it? Yeah, but we're talking about tennis? soccer. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, still, I do. I do not remember what the soccer GPA. Yeah. still, were. I'm. I'm saying like there are probably yeah. many schools that landed right at 3.0 or right. 3.01. Right. So. Yeah. If we're at 3.2 or 3.3 or higher for both, then that's even fewer schools that we're associated yeah. with, which I think is is just phenomenal. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see those rankings to see if we were like 150th, 100th, one, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know, that's true. But, yeah. but uh, no matter what, and even though we're talking about soccer, you know, <laughs> my head went to swim and dive because I was still talking about the towels. And he wants head. a towel. Sell him a towel. a towel. <laughs> just give me one, man. You know, I'm good for it. Uh, number four, Coach Michael Swan, speaking of soccer, not swim and dive, yeah. notched his 150th career victory with the victory at home that we'll talk about more in Around the Herd. Yep, congratulations to Coach Swan. Uh, we had a pretty decent season last year, and, and we knew there was a lot that of movement. You know, we use that term movement as it relates to, uh, you know, the roster. There was a lot of movement in the women's soccer roster heading into this season so far so good like you said we'll mm -hmm. talk about it more in a, in a little bit but it's great accolade for him uh reaching that that 150 win mark so let's uh, let's just keep on rolling let's see if we can get him up to what i don't know how many games they play total in the season right it's so. uh i mean it's less than 15 i think oh uh, it's wow. right i okay. think it's i think it's right around the 15 mark or something like that uh i don't know 15 to 20 somewhere around there you know, right. So we're year. shooting, we're shooting to get Coach Swan over 162 victories. That I don't know what the number is, but let's go with 12 more at yeah. least, at least. So we're looking to fall between uh, 162 and 170, let's say. But yeah. uh, killer accolade! Congratulations to Coach Swan. Yeah, and I was in those numbers. I was trying to count what a potential Sun Belt run, you know, right. and, yeah. and all that, but. I think it's less than 15 for your um, regular season. All right. So number five, this is going to be a little teaser thing that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this a lot more in depth next week, but uh, it hit our timelines. It hit our uh, uh, people talking about uh, parking and tailgating and that sort of thing. And that they might not have any kind of, uh, guide or whatever to tell everybody about that so we wanted to touch on it a little bit one you can go to herd zone and you can go over to the uh, fans first section game day experience click football down in the peas parking central 
there may be a better way to navigate to get to that, but I can tell you, you can go there. Yeah. It's in alphabetical order on the game day uh, experience for football. Uh, P for parking. And it will have the parking map. It will show you how much it costs for each lot. It'll show you if that lot is sold out, uh, what a donation would have to be to get into that lot. And that's just the marshal. Obviously, they're not going to tell you about surrounding businesses. So that's where we come in. Yeah. Uh, we will have a guide up within the next week as on thundercast.online, our website. And we have a visitor's guide for fans, but local fans that may be looking for a spot will have info for you there as well. So uh, you want to touch on that and then I'll finish up my thoughts on it. Sure. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is this tells me a lot of folks aren't, subscribe to the Thundercast because we talk about this a lot. We talk about where to go to find tickets, your first, second, and third places to go find tickets. We've talked numerous times about where we personally will be tailgating and have our setup being set up. Uh, and But there's a, there's other stuff that we'll, that we'll hit more, like the, the local businesses that are right around the Joan that offer parking, and some you have to buy ahead of time that are probably sold out. But there's first come first serve lots that are game day only. And then there's also ancillary auxiliary marshal lots that are farther away from the stadium and uh, yep. stadium. And I'm thinking like up on sixth Avenue across from, uh, I think it's, uh, maybe a set of dorms or something up there. I parked there once before and it was like five bucks, but they don't allow tailgating. But if you've got another tailgate, you're going to go up there and park and walk three blocks to the stadium for $5, you know, or it yep. might be 10 now. I don't know, sure. but it's, it's cheaper is what I'm saying. And those are covered on this map that is yeah. on the Herd Zone website. You will be able to see a color-coded map of the different parking spots. And sometimes it even gives you a description. Like, uh, for instance, I uh, can't remember exactly what they call the lot, but it says spots 1 through 50 are behind CVS and 51 through whatever is behind Domino's. Whatever it says, it has a descriptor of where yeah. these spots are. Right. So go there. Uh, this is a little teaser. We're going to have a lot more info about where and sometimes how much money and that sort of thing. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but it'll also be up on the webca uh, website, thundercast.online. Now, yeah. what I want to finish this thought about is if you have a tailgate and it is Marshall fan friendly, not just people that you normally tailgate with, but you're accepting of, Anybody ran, running around looking for a tailgate spot or opposing fans coming in. You say, oh, sure, they can come by mine. Reach out to us either on Twitter, Facebook, send us a DM on either one. Uh, comment here on YouTube. Let us know where you tailgate, what spot it's in, what how they can find you, and we'll make sure to put that out both on our visitor's guide and when we talk about it and say, Here's a spot you can go to if you're coming in from out of uh, out of state and want to find somebody to tailgate with. Yeah, I should say that first and foremost, the Thundercast tailgates are always opposing fan friendly and always Marshall fan friendly, and we're family day. You got kids, bring them over. You yeah. know, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? Some people that are there, you might hear a cuss word. Well, you're going to hear a cuss word anywhere. It's game day. People are going to get a little rowdy. But you know, we're we Russ has kids. He generally brings them to games and stuff from time to time, and but you've always got a soft place to land and hang out and, and uh, you know, chill. And we're right behind the end zone. So it's going to make it really easy. It's really convenient. 
But um, we'll have this will be a full segment next week. We'll do the week one preview for the game, the season opener, and we're going to talk about all that stuff too. But we're going to talk about you know where to buy tickets, when you can buy tickets. The parking map we'll have displayed when we're talking about that kind of stuff, and you know, and we'll try to gather some other like first come first serve areas so that mm-hmm. you can you'll know. But uh, we want to get you informed. So I'm telling you this, guys. Share you need to you've got to share the links to our show with your friends. The people that are texting you saying, Where can I park? How can where do I go? Those are the people you need to say, you know what? You need to follow the Thundercast on social media. You need to be subscribed to their podcast because they talk about this stuff. They're going to give you all that info because we're here to help. We want nothing more than every ass in every seat at every arena we have. So they're going to have opportunities. They're going to have opportunities for free tickets. Yeah, that's true. We're going to talk about that more in around the herd. Uh, But we give away tickets to every ticketed sporting event for Marshall athletics across all sports. So um, real quick about where we're located, the corner of fourth Avenue, which most people refer to as the alley behind the stadium where the new video board is being put up. Uh, 4th Avenue and 21st Street. So right at McDonald's is right across the street. We're in that very corner of that parking lot where the church used to be. That's why it's called the C lot. It used to be the church lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have five spots with us and some people that are uh, tailgating there with us all year. So we will have five spots there in that corner. You will not be able to miss us. We are in the very corner. Yep, that's right. We we want you to come by and have a good time. So um, feel free to come by, and hang out, and talk a little herd ball with us. Russ, an exceptional five things this week. The athletic the athletic year is underway. We're going to touch on what's been uh, what has already happened in around the herd in a little bit, and we're going to talk about what's coming up. But for right now, dude, let's talk about football season predictions. The we gave everybody the lowdown on every position group as best as we could. And I'll be honest with you, I think this was not just the best breakdown series we've ever had as because there was two <laughs> we did last year, but this is probably the best one I've ever done in all of my years of podcasting. It was just really, really informative. Um, they're all up on, you know, Spotify or your favorite uh, audio platform. They're all up on the YouTube channel. So you can watch all of them if you missed one, but, Let's talk about the season prediction. Now, we're not going to go game by game individually, but we're going to talk about the uh, the uh, schedule as a whole. We're going to give our floor, our ceiling, and then we're going to talk su- through some things. So let me give some general things about the schedule so everybody knows. Uh, we've got 14 possible games. That that would include making it to the Sunbelt Championship game and a bowl game. So 12 guaranteed, 14 possible. Um 12, uh, six home, six away through the regular season. 11 of 12 are Saturday games. The only outlier, of course, is the Sunbelt midweek, which we are all experiencing. And uh, Marshall doesn't really go on the road, you know, for more than two games. We have a couple of two-game stretches, um, but it's pretty even. You know, there, there's no big away, you know, road swing. There's no huge homestand. So everything's pretty even. In the crossovers with the West Division, we kind of got a mixed bag. We got one really tough game and one we view as far more winnable with uh, South Alabama taking a trip to South Alabama and then Arkansas State for the uh, finale. So we open on the road or we open at home and we close at home. Russ, we've got an early bye week in week three, which is not very favorable because that means you're going to have to rip off 10 straight, potentially 12 straight games if you have a special season. So, 
where do you want to begin? What do you want to tackle first as we, you know, navigate through the schedule? I'd like to weigh in on the schedule as a whole okay. and just say that the early bye week does put us slightly at a disadvantage, especially because later in the year, uh, we have a three out of four game stretch that is not only away games, but you've got App, Coastal, and South Alabama, three of those four games all on the road uh, in four weeks. We're going to face three really good teams that have all been picked to be uh, equal or better than us in the standings in the East and the West. Yeah, it, it is. Those three you mentioned are considered contenders in the conference, yep. like to yep. win it, not just their yep. division, but they can be contenders to win the conference as a whole. But I will say this, if you'll remember, we were staring down the barrel of a week one by. <laughs> I, <remember. laughs> I, I mean, remember. I know you remember, I'm talking to the fans. So while a week three by is not ideal, a week one by would have been utterly catastrophic for trying to put together a season where everybody stays relatively healthy. Yeah, everybody would love to have that week five or week six by, but that's kind of like, you know, the golden ticket. If you get that, right. you, you can, you get a mid season break to recover and you really need that. But uh, it, it's not that bad. You know, we get our bye week and then we've got Virginia Tech coming to town. So, you know, if you look at it in those terms, Marshall's going to have two weeks to get ready for them. If that's the way you look at it. Yeah. Um, so let, let, let's talk, let's, let's just not go straight into like your predictions and the floor and the ceiling. Let's mm -hmm. break this down by, by quarters, so to speak, you okay. know, the first quarter of the, of the uh, schedule and so forth. So the first four, you've got Albany at East Carolina. You got a bye week. You've got home game against Virginia Tech, and then it's homecoming. First September homecoming I can remember in like forever. Like it, I'd say since I've been a fan, they've always been in October as far as I can remember. So the first four games, the first quarter of the season, if you will, encompassing five weeks. So what, what do you like about that? Uh, quarters four, man. I know four games, but it encompasses a bye week. So a quarter of the season is four out of twelve games. That's what I'm saying. No, it's so, not. That's thirty three percent. Oh well, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's the only mistake I'll ever make. <laughs> so, so anyway, let's do it in thirds. Yeah, let's do it in thirds. All right. So those four. <laughs> uh, I, wait a minute. I love how people are like these idiots. How the hell are they on? Got they? They give them microphones to talk into. <laughs> well. I don't know. I didn't get a 3.0, but I at least know. I didn't see. Years. You can see why now. My I did get an A in math, though, but I only took one math class. <laughs> so uh, we, you've got Albany, and then you've got uh, ECU away. Yeah. You've got Virginia Tech, and then uh, what's the game right after that? It's, it's Old Dominion in, for it's homecoming. Old Dominion homecoming. Yeah. All right. So you've got uh, two home and uh, or three home, one away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one away game, um, I would feel a lot better about it if it was home, obviously. You know, you always feel better about not having to go on the road. But uh, I think that those first four games, especially if you beat Virginia Tech, who admittedly is not the Virginia Tech of the 90s. It's not the Virginia Tech of the early 2000s. Um, I think that that would put us in a very good spot going into those next four games. Uh, for the next third of this. It is a winnable four games. But I don't know. I That bye week being in there that early and everything, I just that's the part I don't like, but can't do anything about it. 
You just got to play the games. Well, he, actually, we did do something about it. That's the thing. You know what I mean? We made it a little better, but now it's set in stone. You can't move it. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Now yeah. you can't do anything about it. You've got, you know, it's it, it is when it is. You you play uh, 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 two early games and then you got them by. Yeah, it helps you with Virginia Tech, but I would much rather have that to prep for NC State, for instance. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, what we do in these first four games is really going to set the tone for the season. Well, I would agree, but the the caveat to that is it's only one conference game. So it sets a sure. tone, but it doesn't derail you from, you know, a potential Sunbelt Conference championship run, right? And we don't think Albany is going to be some giant killer and, like, no disrespect. Anything we talk about, we're not disrespecting the team, right, at any of the teams we're talking about. But we don't expect them to march into Huntington and be a giant killer. So I look at that East Carolina game and I think, all right, how much is Marshall really going to show against – Albany probably not a whole lot and that's also a game where you can potentially work on some things to be better prepared for East Carolina so really if you look at it in those terms you can't call it a bye week because it's a game right and things can still go wrong but you're going to tune up a little bit more and fine-tune some things to go to East Carolina and improve your chances for victory just like you're going to utilize a bye week to get some things right for Virginia Tech so if you look at it like that Marshall's really got a really good opportunity to go in there and uh, get a win at East Carolina. And I'll tell you this, East Carolina is picked sixth in the preseason uh, American poll without a single first place vote, right? So some first year teams, uh, actually one first year team coming over from Conference USA is actually ranked ahead of East Carolina in the preseason poll. And that's Florida Atlantic. So the top four Teams received at least one first-place vote. Florida Atlantic was the first one that did not, and East Carolina falls behind them. Okay, Those games are always tough. Like, we had them here a couple of years ago, and they had a 14-point comeback, and that was rough. You know, that was that was, that was was hard to sit through. But I just don't feel like it's that way right now. So I really like Marshall to potentially be 4-0 out of the gate here. You know, I don't I, I, don't... I do, too. Uh, ESPN FPI uh, has that game, East Carolina, that you're talking about, though, has the ECU as a 52.6% favorite over us. And uh, a lot of that is because it's a home game yeah. for them. You know how it is. So it's, it's like they've got it as a toss-up, but they give them the nod right now. Uh, and these change throughout the year. They change every week that both teams play you know, the, the predictor changes. Uh, famously, last year, uh, we were 9% chance, I think, to beat Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, even up leading up to the game, it can change. But um, they have us basically as a toss-up going down there to ECU and ECU having the advantage because they're at home. Yeah, well, and and not only are they at home, it's their home opener as well because in week one, or their first game, yeah, it's week one for them, they are on the road against Michigan. So that makes you wonder, like, man, will they be able to come out of that game relatively unscathed against a Michigan Wolverines team that a lot of people are putting in the playoff already, you know, and think they may compete for that national championship before a snap has even played. So uh, I I, I guess if you got to worry about one, you're going to worry about Virginia Tech because everybody's been talking about it and you want to win that one. And it's power five, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And we've been close to beating them several times. We just couldn't get it done. But you just can't look past Old Dominion either because that's the first one that really, truly matters. And it's homecoming. So I, I do like the herd to, 
come out of the gate four and zero though. I just I do. I feel like they're onto something here. As long as everybody, as long as we don't see a catastrophic like we saw heading into week one last year. Of course, this is all of this discussion is under the precursor that everybody is staying healthy, relatively healthy, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk about the next few, Russ. Now you're talking about NC State on the road for a couple of NC State at Georgia State. And then um, we'll stop with the midweek at uh, James Ma or uh, at home against James Madison. That's a that's a good place to make a break. All right. Still not a true third, though. Not a third. No. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify for math purposes. Yeah. No, I'm so, off. I'm off my bullshit now. I got it right. <laughs> so uh, NC State on the road is going to be our toughest game of the year. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to argue that. Now, could we end up having a, a tougher one? Yes, but preseason on paper, it is the toughest. Uh, it's going to be hard to win down there. They are a very good team. Yeah, uh, I don't think that they're um, right in for the playoff right now, team, but. They are historically a really good team. They're pretty good at NC State. Um, Georgia State on the road uh, depends on what we do against NC State and how healthy we are, um, how well our offense is playing. But I like us to win that game. JMU at home, I like us to win that one. Uh, JMU is tough. I feel like they're going to be tough, but they had some losses, uh, particularly at quarterback and things like that, that I think that we won't really know what kind of JMU team this is until us and them have about four games under yeah. our belts each. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair assessment. You know, I, I look at NC State, and I've got to mention they were also picked preseason fourth in the ACC behind Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. So that's three really good teams from a year ago. And NC State was a good team a year ago. So yeah. you, you don't think that they're going to just fall off a cliff, right? Now they did lose Tim Beck, who was their offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at Coastal Carolina. So there's a little bit of shakeup there from an offense standpoint. But if anything, you know that, you know, these power five schools, they have the they have the means and the resources to go get the people that they want to hire for the most part. Now I can't say, yeah. I, I don't know who they brought in. I, I don't care about that much, but I'm just saying that's going to be the toughest game, but going down and getting the win in Raleigh would be massive. If Marshall's five yeah. and O with wins over NC state and Virginia tech on their resume, it doesn't matter what you're looking at, what poll you're looking at. You can't deny what the herd is doing at that point. Other people might do it. You know, and I'm not saying we're not going to trip up somewhere along the way, but I'm saying like if Marshall's five and zero, and they've beaten North Carolina State on the road and Virginia Tech at home, people are going to be paying attention. That's, that's and just the especially if you if you handle those uh, in a way like how we beat Notre Dame last year, it wasn't on any kind of a fluke. We just outplayed them, yeah, all game long. If yeah. we did that at Raleigh and we handled our business as we should versus Virginia Tech, who I think right now there's a reason that. ESPN likes us a lot better than Virginia Tech coming here because again, it's not the Virginia Tech of the '90s and the 2000s. We're uh, we're a better program than them right now, in my opinion. Well, so, they're not even the best program in their own state, man. Sure, they're, they're the yeah. best program in their state is in our conference. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, a little a little pub. I also like what you're talking about, like the wild card of going to Atlanta. That might be the the thing, but remember, Georgia State lost a few um, weapons on offense. Uh, Jamari Thrash transferred out, and he was he torched us, torched us at, at home last year. And if not for a, you know a breakout run by Labor in there to go eighty three yards, 
that one kind of busted it open for the herd and gave them a little bit of mo and you know kind of got things rolling but who knows what they're going to look like i'm sure they've got some players that they're really excited about but jamari thrash was a true weapon and now he's not on their roster anymore uh they do they will have granger returning so as long as he's still healthy by the time we we lock horns and He's a really good quarterback. He'll be a senior now. He's, he's you know, Fancher's very much in that mold. They're true dual-threat quarterbacks. And, you know, Fancher outplayed him last year. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, it's all it's it, it's not one you can just gloss over. James Madison, for me, is is a one I'm really looking forward to. That's yeah. a great midweek matchup, man. The Marshall-James Madison, this this rivalry that's building with James Madison, I think it's pretty awesome. I think a lot of yeah. both fan bases are really behind it, and and they really like it. There have been that one, just one football game, but even the the basketball games were competitive. And you know, we we hosted the tailgate at the softball series. That was really great. I think this yeah. is a great team to just circle and go. You know what? This could be a lot of fun in the coming years. Yeah, and for anybody that their only experience with uh, JMU fans might be on message boards or on social media or something like that, because I see that all the time. It's like, I don't like fan base X because they are bragging on social media. Well, that's what a lot of people do on social media. We're fans. <laughs> I, I can tell you that from going down there last year, uh, one of their fans reached out to me knowing that I was going to be there, uh, hosted me red carpet treatment the other fans that were there they friended me on facebook you know what mm -hmm. i mean like they they were like hey you know uh, we can't wait to get up to marshall very respectful of our program the connection with uh, mickey matthews uh, going there to be their head coach from being our defensive coordinator uh they had a very similar uh rise in uh fcs when you know what used to be one double a for us uh very very similar programs They've got a lot of money in their athletic budget. They have they're they're a sleeping giant, and they're already doing well. They they don't do it in just one sport. You know, you look and they have success across the board. This is going to be a fun fun rivalry with them, and I think it'll be a friendly rivalry. It's yeah. uh, four and a half hours max, I think, drive down. Um, really looking forward to that. Hoping some of the people that hosted us down at JMU, make the trip over so I can return the favor on the hospitality. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, let, let's cut the schedule to the final, what is that, five games. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah let, let's do that. So the, you're, you're on the road against Coastal, you're on the road against App, then you're home for 75 week against Georgia Southern, you're on the road again at South Al, and then you close it out in the regular season against Arkansas State. So just we'll, we'll talk our way through that one real quick. I already said three brutal road games there. The two home games are favorable for us, but the three road games is going to be a tough mountain to climb three and four weeks. Um, you know, we've talked about it before, but just traveling anywhere is different than being at home. You know, you mm -hmm. can, you know what you're going to prep for, you know, what your locker room's like, uh, how often have we talked to, uh, people that say they have the same routine, not just in football, but softball and volleyball. They have the same routine. Uh, it's very regimented that they do the same things at the same time. You go somewhere else, you might not be able to stick to that mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to enter on the field at different times. You know, it's just different. So going on the road is always a problem. Uh, not a major problem, but it's just different than playing at home. You uh, have the fan base here at home. That's why we say go and make a difference at being at home. Having those three teams that we had to play is going to be difficult. 
Yeah, that's going to be a rough stretch. Uh, you, you, you know, Georgia Southern's also going to be a new look team, right? They've got they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Van Trees is now gone, but they're still going to be that, you know, more of a pass happy offense. The old Georgia Southern offense that was run, 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 and run some more is not existent in this era right now. The the Clay Helton era with Brian Ellis at uh, offensive coordinator is a pass happy offense and if that name is familiar to you guys it should be because brian ellis was on staff at western kentucky so he's very much the air raid type mindset right so that's why there's a big change there and yeah we went down to states pro last year and we got them you know yeah. and and our defense was played played pretty lights out in that game and they you know did not allow this massive passing output and, and all these points to go up on the board and i bet you they're a little salty about that because sure. You know, you bring a you put you bring a historic old Southern Conference rival back to your hometown for the first time in decades, right? And you're not able to get it done. I bet that's a little salty, rather than just somebody like no offense to Old Dominion, but Old Dominion or James Madison, it's just not the same flavor, right? So they they're going to come in looking to ruin 75 week. They, they are, but we all know, like App State knows, you don't expect to win you don't just march into jones edwards stadium on 75 week and expect to win it just doesn't happen you know wild things happen we saw a block punt you know in the end zone last year it's just those wild plays so it's always intriguing to see what will pop up during 75 week but the 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 two game stretch at coastal at appalachian state those are two rough ones because those are two teams that in some publications marshall's looking up at in the in the preseason standings and in some publications, both of those teams are looking up at Marshall. So there's your there's your gauntlet. And and do 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 we all go? You know, do we all beat each other? And then whoever's left standing with only minimal bumps and bruises comes out of the East. I mean that these games are going to be brutal in late October and early November. And I bet you that's exactly what the Sun Belt wanted these these brutal, defining season defining games in November. You know. Um, South Alabama is going to be tough, man. They are. It, it looks like a two-team race right now, Troy and South Alabama out of the West. You can never discount Louisiana to make some noise. Southern Miss is probably going to be much improved to their considered by many to be a quote-unquote dark horse contender, whatever the hell that means. Well, look at so, Texas State, too. They brought in a, a, lot, a of, lot of hype. New coach, uh, very large, uh, I think it was offensive line. They, they had the uh, biggest uh, – Offense may have been defensive line, but whatever it was, they were head and shoulders in uh, uh, literally in height and weight uh, compared to everybody else in the Sun Belt. So, yeah, you got a lot, a lot of different, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time until the games are played early. You don't really know what the uh, 2023 team is going to look like versus right. the 2022 team. Right. We can speculate all we want and we're going to because that's what it's fun to do. Yeah. But you still got to line them up and play them. You know, if yeah. I was if all I had to do was pencil a W or an L, we'd go undefeated every year. And yeah, you know, that's not how it is. So um, Saturday, of course, Saturday, December 2nd will be the Sunbelt Championship game for whoever is in it. And it'll be site to be determined based on who's got the best record coming out of the East or the West. And then, of course, bowl game to be determined if we qualify. Russ, let's talk about your floor and my floor and ceiling for these teams, and then we'll get into our true predictions. As I talk about my floor and ceiling, I just want to mention that the ESPN predictor, the FPI, has the herd as nine favorites out of the 12 and three 
uh, to where we are not favored. Those three are uh, NC State on the road. It is uh, uh, ECU on the road first, then uh, NC State on the road, and then App State on the road. We are favored in every other game. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I technically, yeah, we're an underdog in the ECU game, but them being a 52% to our 48 and they're at home, that is as much of a coin flip as you can get, you know, and, and almost the inverse. So if that game were flipped the other way, I bet you it wouldn't be 52 to 48 in our favor. Is what it's saying. exactly the same with App State. It's exactly 52% to yeah. 48% App State. Uh, they like NC State a lot, a lot better, you know. Sure. And, ESPN has the P5 bias, even though, again, I hate that term, but we know they do. It doesn't matter. They could put us up against the whatever they consider the worst P5 in America, and they would probably say, ah, no, if they beat them, that'd be an upset, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, having said that, I think that my floor is eight and four, and I don't think that we'll go eight and four. That's why I think it's a floor. I don't see us going seven and five. I will say that I read a lot over the past couple of days, and there were uh, a lot of different places that had the betting line at 7.5 wins for the over-under. And Mm -hmm. a lot of places were like, I just can't see him. I see him going seven and five. You got to keep in mind, these are people that are going for 120-some, 130-some schools. They're not going to be able to follow every single program who came in on the transfer portal, what kind of impact they're going to have, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of national publications that are not, I mean, imagine right now if I tried to do, I don't know, Iowa State. I wouldn't know what to predict about Iowa State. I don't follow Iowa State. Right. So if you're reading anything about these where you see, uh, well, they'll be lucky to go six and six, uh, these are not even 10,000 foot views. Read the articles about what they say. One of them said, and this is no offense to Colin Parachek, but they mentioned that as a big transfer that we got in, uh, in the football position group. They didn't mention TJ McMahon. Parachek's probably not going to be in the top two. He's probably not going to be in the top three. So, I can't see us going seven and five. I can't see us going six and six. I see the floor is eight, four, and I would be more bullish on going nine and three as the floor instead of seven and five. If that tells you how I'm leaning eight and four is my floor. Well, my floor actually is seven and five because you just never know what that uh, gauntlet there in late October and November is going to be. That to me is really going to determine a lot. and, And we'll expound on that in a little bit. Uh, if you also happen to make a bowl game and you lose, then your absolute floor is seven and six. Still a winning season, but that's a regression overall from last year. We've we've seen seven wins in year one, nine wins in year two for Coach Huff. Now we're looking to raise to that 10-win plateau, 11 or more, right? But the absolute floor to me, all-encompassing in the regular season is seven and five with a bowl loss is seven and six. So, you know, you have to think worst case scenario. I mean, I, I guess technically your floor is 0 and 12, but we ain't going 0 and 12, right? Because it can't get any lower than zero wins. But I can, I can, there's parts of me that can see seven and five. I just don't think it's going to happen, but that's the absolute floor to me. Where's yeah. your ceiling? 
my ceiling's actually 11 and one. And I'm not penciling any one game being that uh, loss. I'm not saying, you know, we'll, we'll run the table except for NC state on the road. I'm not saying that at all. Um, in fact, it, it'll probably depend on how we perform the first few weeks and how NC State performs the first few weeks before mm-hmm. I say, yeah, that one's a win or that one's a loss. That's how I handle it every year. But I think my ceiling is 11-1 and one going into the conference championship game because it is so difficult to go undefeated. I think that we have the potential to do so. We can handle our business and go undefeated. But it is so hard. There are, I mean, very few teams every year that does that. And I think that, you know, you get uh, bad weather, you get bad uh, overall play, uh, a bouncing ball doesn't go your way. Maybe it's a, a an official's call that's controversial. You just run into somebody that is playing better than you that week. Mm-hmm. You got injuries. Anything can happen. But I think that we have the potential to go eleven and one uh, with this schedule that is a very hard schedule. Well, I, I'm a little bit more reserved. I think um, I've got our ceiling. And this is including postseason for me uh, at eleven and three overall, six and two in the conference. But I do think the the uh, in with that is capturing a Sun Belt championship and a bowl win. That's what I feel like. So eleven and three and fourteen games with those, uh, you know, two big time things at the end of the season: a championship and a bowl win. I don't think people are going to lose too much sleep over those three. You know, I would take losses. I would take it in a heartbeat. I really yeah. would. Yeah. Um, so I, I like us to be maybe one because there's always the one that slips away, man. There's That's always right. the freaking one that slips away. Yep. And I, w- I will tell you this. I don't think Marshall loses a game at home this season. Let me put it that way. So you can deduce, you know, for yourself where you think that maybe my losses come from. But I, I, I think we go 6-0 and at home this year. Um, it, it, it's time that, you know, that's happened again. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a time where you didn't come to Jones C. Edwards Stadium and opposing teams just didn't win. They didn't, you know, and we, it's time to protect our home again. There's so much going on, you know, that it's going to be more of the atmosphere and the vibe of those nineties, no bleachers or very small amount, a reduced amount of bleachers in the end zone. And, you know, we expect the capacities to be uh, louder. Even if the overall number isn't greater, the the volume level is going to be louder. The experience is going to be better. I think fans are going to be more engaged. The uh, the brand of football is going to be more exciting from a offensive standpoint, equally, if not a little bit more stifling from the defensive standpoint. Fans are just going to have a lot to be excited about, like game in and game out. And that's not just like, well, I'm really excited to see. No, if you're there, you're going to have the opportunity to be excited and your emotions will start pumping up and you want to yell and stand up and clap and cheer and yell because – this is going to remind a lot of folks of the style of herd football that they remembered and they loved. And we were pretty good last year. Let's not forget that. You know, it's not like this is a reimagining of herd football. No, it's just notching it up to another level. So give me 11 and three best case scenario, I guess. Uh, you know, it could be a little bit better, but that's my ceiling. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my prediction. My ceiling is 12 and two, seven and one in conference. Anyway, since I gave away my prediction, what is your prediction? My prediction is uh, more around 10 and 2 uh, for the regular season. 
I didn't get into Sunbelt Conference. I expect to win the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah. Um, bowl game, I guess it would just depend on what bowl that we get. You right. Know? Uh, right. So uh, I didn't really have a prediction on that. But give me 10 and 2 for my actual prediction. Uh, give me that one of those we will have something where we should have won or could have won. And then the other one, we just flat out lose. It happens. Uh, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to not want to talk to anybody, you know, like we always talk. But yeah. we're going to win. We're going to win one that we should or could uh, if one one or two things went our way differently, uh, which we had a couple of those last year. Mm-hmm. Three, in, in fact. And then uh, one of them we're just going to lose. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what one it is. It's just as an overhead view. That's the way it usually goes. And again, how many teams win ten games or eleven games? It, it's so difficult to do. Well, hell, I mean, be, being able to do that in this conference now is going to be exceedingly hard. And and this schedule. I mean, you know, we we don't have the hardest schedule that it could have been because you know we could have had. Uh, Troy in South Alabama or Southern right. Miss in sure. South Alabama or something like that, Louisiana in South Alabama. Uh, but our away schedule is difficult, and our home schedule, we're bringing Virginia Tech here, you yeah. know, and it, it's it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, I, I got to take it a little bit step further, right? And I got to, I've just got to flat out say, I think we're going into Conway, South Carolina, and we are going to dominate a game against coastal because they jumped on us early and then they couldn't do anything for the last three quarters. And I feel like that the Sunbelt conference has kind of set up, you know, their golden boy to have a special season and, and to make all this noise. And I feel like Owen Porter and Eli Neal and, and Abraham and the rest of that defense is just going to go in there and go, you know what? You got us in the, in the first quarter last year, and we're going to make sure that you have the most miserable game of your life in late October. And they gave them a, a fairly favorable crossover schedule. They get Texas State, who is maybe improved. Maybe it doesn't work, but we don't know. And they get Arkansas State. So in their non-con, they're playing Army, who was a 6-6 six and six team last year. They got first-year Conference USA team Jacksonville State, who was, yeah, 9-2 and two last year in the FCS, but they got boat raced by Tulsa, I believe. And for those of you that aren't paying attention to Jacksonville State, their head coach is Rich Rod. So that'll be another storyline to follow. And then their other uh, out-of-conference game is Duquesne. Duquesne, a 4-7 and seven FCS team last year. So Coastal's absolutely, absolutely not playing something very rough, you know, and it looks like they're trying to get set up here to, you know, make a run in the Sunbelt and Grayson McCall this or that and the other and whatever. I just think the herd's coming into Conway and going to get another win. <laughs> on their field <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know what it is I, re, I really want to get them because I know we could have had them last year had we had maybe we only given up 14 in the first quarter not 21 maybe that game plays out totally differently and we still end up winning that game but I just I just like uh I like our chances in that one but I like your 10 and 2 prediction I love I think we're both very very uh high on winning the Sun Belt this year I mean it's yeah. it's almost a championship or bust mentality right at yeah. this point because we've been trending seven nine now it looks like well the natural progression should be 11 you know 
Um, Let's call back to our uh, position group for the quarterback because I feel like just about everybody making these predictions, if we had a better situation from quarterback last year coming into this year, and I'm, I don't mean Cam Fancher in particular, I mean that we had to switch quarterbacks midseason. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that we don't have somebody putting up the 3,000 yard, uh, you know, like uh, Van Trees and, and stuff like that. So if we had something better than that, I think that we are the darling of the Sunbelt Conference uh, in their eyes. I still think that we are. You know, mm-hmm. I still think that it is ours to lose this year. But I'm talking about the people that don't cover Marshall uh, and only Marshall. And they're looking at that and they're just like, ah, quarterback could be iffy, you know, because that's what they, they say. And yeah. so they're, they're like, well, you know, I, they're not going to beat Grayson McCall. Look, he's Grayson McCall. You know, yeah. screw yeah. Grayson McCall. <laughs> but I feel like next year, next season, after this this golden child of theirs is gone, they they'll have to do they'll have to be a little bit more level, a little bit more even keeled about who they're positive about because they've got this. Well, he's three times Sunbelt Player of the Year. He wasn't Player of the Year last year, guys. He wasn't. He missed time. Yeah. He missed games. He was not. He, was, he wasn't the best quarterback. Yeah. You know, um, right. We, we we could pick a number of off. Labron had a better year. He meant more to his team, I think, than than Greg McCall meant to his team last year. Right. right? So he put up great numbers. The t- touchdown, the interception ratio was really great for him. I'm not trying to take anything away. I just like it. Does, I'm not wowed. Like he, he didn't he didn't wow me. It was it was a one good quarter that they put together early against Marshall, and that was it. That was it. I I tell you, my quarterback of the year last year was Todd Santeo of JMU. He was much yeah. better, and, and he was saw, newcomer of the year. And you saw as soon as he was out uh, versus us, you know, we won that game, and that's what my prediction last year. I had predicted us to lose because mm-hmm. the momentum was on their side and not ours, and I expected to go against Santeo. It wasn't until kickoff, really, right before that we knew that he wasn't even playing. So uh, I I think that McCall has been gifted uh, those awards. I don't think that he's a horrible player by any means. Uh, I just don't think that he's as good as what everyone is anointing him as. And let's not forget his head coach is now gone. His system is now gone that he has thrived in for three years. And it's a new, you know, offensive uh, mind at the helm in Tim Beck from NC State. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Russ, let me ask you one question and then we'll uh, get through this, this segment here. In your opinion, where is the season for Marshall either won or lost? Uh, It's the conference slate. You know, you lose the NC state, really who cares? You know? So, uh, I think that those uh, three out of four games that are on the road that I've talked about multiple times, I think that that is the deal because we definitely want to win our conference. We definitely want to win those games. Uh, we we come out bad in those three games. I think that that just tanks the season because I do think that it's Sunbelt Conference title or bust. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would make it extremely difficult to win or even play in the Sunbelt Conference championship game if you lose two of those games, especially if it's the two from the East. Yeah, that, that's a good point, right? And, of course, yes, I, 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 uh, the Sunbelt Conference slate is, of course, where the season is won or lost. But, you know, uh, you, you kind of narrowed it down there a little later there at the end where these particular stretch of games 
are really where the season is won or lost. Well, right? that's what I meant. Those three games in yeah. that four-week schedule, that is where it is. Okay, so for me, it's a little bit wider of a gap. It's a, it's that one-month span between October 19th and November 18th, right? It's five games. And let me give you the bullet points on what that is. A, it's three tough road games like you mentioned, Coastal Carolina, at App, and at South Alabama. The stretch of those games starts on a Thursday night short week against James Madison at home. It also encompasses two old Southern Conference rivals in Appalachia State and Georgia Southern, who will host for 75 week. Both of those teams want revenge against the herd last year because we were able to get a win against both of those teams last year. And it encompasses the budding rivalry with James Madison and Coastal, who we owe one to, basically. So you top it all off, like I mentioned before, and 75-week is encompassed in there. So that five-game stretch is really vital for the herd. Uh, you've got three on the road and two at home. And, you know, if Marshall goes 5-0 and in those games, then they're a one-to-two loss team, depending on who the bowl game is and the matchup, right? That That's basically the what it is. If the herd goes one and four in that stretch, Marshall's probably a seven and five team. That's the floor. So if you go three and two, that puts a puts them right in my and your prediction at a 10 and two slash 11 and three type team. So put big circles around, you know, October 19th through November 18th. That five game stretch for me is, is the season in a nutshell. And you're right. What if Marshall goes 0-4 in the out-of-conference and then goes, then they catch fire and they run through the conference slate and they win the Sunbelt Conference? Is anybody really going to be griping about losing to Albany in week one if you're hoisting a Sunbelt Championship trophy and getting a bowl win? It ain't going to feel good, but you ain't going to dwell on it, you know? Well, I will dwell on it. if we. I won't dwell on it. It's all about hoisting the championship. I still talk about the, uh, was it New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I will dwell on it. Trust me. Uh, well, I don't care if we go 11-1 and one and somehow they say, uh, hey, we're going to put them in a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm going to dwell on losing right. to Albany at home. I ain't going to do that because I'd be, I'd be trying to figure out how I could get to whatever New Year's, New NY Six Bowl that we're in. Albany would be a distant memory to me, you know. So, um Last year we both kind of nailed our predictions, and we were right. We would we both said like that nine and three, you know, type thing, and uh, you know we, that's what we ended up with nine wins. Both of us like us to get to that ten win, or me slightly above that ten win plateau, that ten win mark, which is oh so important that you just want to be able to say you got. So we'll see how close we get this year. If you got anything else about your season prediction, let me have it. Otherwise, let's start to take it around the hurt. Now let's go around the herd and let's talk about first women's soccer. Two games, two wins. 2 and 0 on the season for the first time since 2011. We uh mentioned that coach Michael Swan with those two victories now has 150 career games. I mean uh, wins in games. Uh, we got uh, Moorhead State 3-0 and on the road on Thursday. It was scoreless at the half. And then Bailey Fisher, uh, let me get these names right here. We got uh, Bailey Fisher, Alyssa Harden, and Ada Claire Tempert after halftime all got goals. And uh, the real showstopper, Alexis Wolgamuth, I hope that I'm saying that correctly, uh, said uh, – 
absorbed 10 shots, including a pair of consecutive saves in the 60th minute. Uh, vastly improved over last year by all accounts, and she was also a good star in the game that we're going to talk about now. Uh, Bailey Fisher came through again. They had a red card uh, that put high point down uh, one player, and on the free kick, Bailey Fisher gets the only goal of the game. Wolgamuth dominated in the box again, and we're 2-0. Yeah, out of the gate running, man. Herd Athletics is 2-0 on the season. Uh, who's going to be the first one, right? Like, we're going – we're off and running, right? The herd is rolling. And this is yeah. great, man. 2-0 for the first time, would you say, since 2011? I mean, 2011, dang. Yeah. dang. You know, and now these were not – you know, if you don't follow women's soccer and nationally, you know, I don't think any of us can say that we do uh, to know what team is good, what team's not. But I looked on these teams and – these two teams are supposed to be very good uh, above average teams in their conferences mm -hmm. uh, respectively. So to shut both of them out, one of them on the road, I think is pretty impressive on the year. Uh, we just need to keep taking it one game at a time. And that next game is on Thursday at 6 PM, which we can watch on ESPN plus. Awesome. Uh, remember, remember that we give tickets away to all of our home matches at the vet. We gave a, a couple away for the, the game against High Point, and we'll continue to do that all season long. Most of the time, all you have to do is either uh, like or retweet the post that I put on Twitter. We're probably going to move into doing some giveaways on Instagram this year as well. Uh, and Russ, from time to time, will also post the stuff on uh, Facebook. So we make it really easy for you to get a hold of our tickets. And all we ask in return is snap a picture of yourself at the game and tag us on social media so that other fans can actually see that people are getting these tickets and going to the games. That's really all we ask. Our winner of the high point uh, tickets was from Facebook this time. So, awesome. you know, we, we do uh, all of our social media and it's just kind of a coin flip or actually a pull out of a, uh, a random drawing selector. Yeah to see who wins yep. uh, that game on Thursday at Indiana state again, 6 PM on ESPN plus. And that is something that you can watch while you are tailgating for what we're about to talk about now. <laughs> Men's soccer has their season opener versus Oakland at home on Thursday at 7 PM. We will be giving those tickets away. We will probably make that post either later today, Tuesday, something like that. We'll have the drawing on Wednesday probably. So you can, make sure that you can go to the game. Uh, KD will have that up on Twitter at some point. I'll have it up on Facebook, and we may have it over on Instagram as well. No matter what, check all three. Uh, they also will be hosting Wright State on Monday, August the 28th at 7.15. So first two games of the year, two good opportunities to get down here and watch this team. Yep. Let me talk about real quick about how we do our giveaways. And I mentioned that we're going to post it on social media. All you got to do is either, you know, comment or like or retweet or whatever. But when we pick someone, you know, we're going to contact you and we're going to give you maybe like 30 minutes or so to get back to us. Maybe if it's in a crunch, it's going to be less time because it's important for us to find people that can actually go to the games. So if you happen to win and then we message you and say you won, and then it's like five hours later, and then you're like, oh, I didn't see this. Uh, yeah, I can go. You're probably not going to have an opportunity to get those tickets because we didn't yeah. know if you could go or not. So yeah. we want to. Uh, the whole purpose is not to give tickets away. It's to get butts in the seats. So 
we if you're going to enter our giveaways, please do. Just make sure you can go to the game. And if you can't go to the game, then we're going to give you a little bit of time to answer. If you don't answer, we're going to pick somebody else because it's important to us that we get fans at the games. That's it. That's and, how it's going to work. And a little housekeeping. This only happened one time last year. I think that yeah. it's it's very uh, very rare that this would happen. But just so everyone's clear, we don't just randomly pick someone that messages us and say they really want to go to the game because everyone really wants to go to the game. Sure, sure. And it's it's the random drawing. So don't get mad if you don't win. I mean, we have two and now three different social media contests going for one win. Uh, sometimes with football, you know, we'll break those tickets up because we have four and we'll do two winners and, uh, and two sets of two instead of one set of four. But do not get mad if you don't win. It's not that we are intentionally picking someone. If it was, we'd give them to somebody uh, the same time every every week. We don't <laughs> yeah. do that. You know, it is random. You can tell by the photos that the people get them and it's not the same people every time. Uh, so, it's as random as can be. There are no favorites. Also, sometimes fans hit us up and go, hey, I can't go to the game. Would you give my tickets away? So there, right. if you don't win, just keep entering. You know, you, you might not win all season long, but you're not out anything because it's free. You know, so yeah. don't get upset. We try to be as fair as we can. We're just randomly picking things, but we also want asses in seats. So if you win and you don't reply, eh, sorry, man, you, you got to, you know, check your, if you know there's a giveaway, you should be checking and see. So anyway, what, what's next? Volleyball. We have a road trip to start the season. This Friday, August 25th, we'll be playing the Citadel at 10 a.m. and then Bethune-Cookman at 1.30 p.m. Uh, I didn't think that it said it on there, but I assume both of these will be on ESPN+. Plus. We have a very good history of just about every single volleyball game being on there, mm-hmm. but we will, of course, tweet that out. Uh, then the very next day, we play Bethune-Cookman again at 1.30 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, at noon. Um, we also picked up a commitment from Emma Sayer for volleyball. Yeah, from West Portsmouth, Ohio. She's a libero, class of 2024. Um, I'm looking on the uh, volleyball page right now, Russ, and I'm not sure if this is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. And I say this because... It's being hosted by Bethune-Cookman. So, you know, if that's not an ESPN school, well, they're probably not going to be broadcasting it. But They, they, have, they have football games on, uh, yeah. on there because I've watched, I've watched their program before. So. I'm just saying, it's not, it yeah. doesn't say there's, the logo's not on here. Yeah. Know, so I, I, don't, I don't know if it is or not. But, uh, that, of course, the whole tournament is going to be down here closer to my neck of the woods in Daytona Beach. So uh, a little fun in the sun. For the the gals up at uh, Bethune Cookman coming down to my neck of the woods, so good luck, hit it running. You know Ari was great when we had her on the podcast. She's got a lot of excitement, and uh, you know she's talking about how this team is really different. It's a good different. We hear that a lot. So a great uh, opportunity to showcase the new look herd and their new look threads they coming up in, next week. They do look great. So uh, what's on the agenda? What's next? All right, football, and this is all I have unless you have anything else, but they took their yearly trip to the Spring Hill Cemetery, as they do every year, and went to the uh, grave marker and memorial for the six unidentified crash victims. Uh, Saw uh, retired Coach Mark Gale up there uh, Mm -hmm. giving another talk. Um, Lots of different uh, people up there. Red Dawson, of course, and his wife were up there. 
uh, President Smith, athletic director, Christian Spears, uh, just a, one of those things that you expect every year, but every year that you see it, I don't know how you are, but I, I get a little bit of chills and everything and just uh, kind of reflect on, on, on that horrific past, but also the fact that we rose from the ashes afterwards. Well, let me tell you what this says to me. Number one, this was a tradition that was started before Huff. And that he's decided to continue that speaks a lot about him, right? That That's one of those things that he could have just been like, all right, we're not doing that anymore. And he always says we do this the last Sunday of camp, okay? Mm -hmm. So th they know when it's going to happen. Uh, having Coach Mark Gale up there to deliver an address to the team, there's probably no one better uh, when you couple him with Rev Steve Harvey, right? Yeah. Th th those two guys – I mean, there, there's no better choice, right? Um, but what this says to me is for a lot of the youngsters and newcomers to the program, and we've heard talk, Huff talk about this. Some have heard about the movie. Some have actually seen the movie. Some haven't. So what this does is drive home the fact that this is a real thing, and this is real to a lot of people on a different level than just a Hollywood movie, yeah. right? Uh, I didn't play football at Marshall. I wasn't an athlete at Marshall. And it doesn't really matter because if you are a son or daughter of Marshall, it becomes part of the fabric of who you are and, and you just care, right? So op opening the eyes of and enlightening enlightening the, the newcomers to our program, it's important, you know? And, and when you think about that, you think, you know what? These were, these were guys that were their age in 1970. Yeah. Like, that's them, you know, like that's yeah. so that puts it in a whole different perspective. If like I'm a 18, 19, 20, 21 year old guy, I'm like, oh, OK, like. This is the people that were in the prime of their life like me right now, and it was all just cut short for them. So there's a there's a there's an appreciation and, and a, hopefully a little bit of reflection on several levels, not just from a Marshall standpoint or a football standpoint or, you know, what this means to the community standpoint. But hopefully it puts in perspective for your own personal life a little bit like, wow, you know. I, I, these were young guys with their whole lives ahead of them, you know. So I just absolutely love that this continues to go on. And when I make my trip to Huntington, if I'm only able to come up one time this year. We'll go to you and I will go to Spring Hill Cemetery. We always do because it's just important and and it, and it feels good and to reconnect with the city of reconnect with the, the community and the program in, in a different way. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I was really glad to see that. And I hope it continues like for the next forever. Right. Whoever the coach is, that's got to continue. And, and it just it's it's just so important. So great way to close out around the herd. If you got any other uh, words this week, let me have them. Otherwise, take us out of here. Yeah, I want to uh, mention uh, how much we love our sponsors. We talk about it all the time, but yep. we have Thundercast Live powered by IgniteLink that is going to be back this year. And what could we do without IgniteLink? Not nearly as much. <laughs> uh, you know, our our tailgate show idea was basically the equivalent of me holding a camera phone <laughs> and saying, Hey, you know, we're over here at the tailgate and all that just would not have been near as slick as what uh, ignite link does. And Jed Horton will tell you that's not what he does, but he does it so well, you know? Mm -hmm. So some love back to our uh, wonderful partners at ignite link. 
and also that we wouldn't be where we're at without a 304carwreck.com, the law office of uh, Leisure Oliver PLLC. They have been with us since before day one and allowing all this to happen. So you guys know how much we love our sponsors and how much they've done for us. I want to say that we've been talking to several different uh, people about sponsoring the tailgates for TC Live, uh, Thundercast Live, powered by Ignite Link. And we have one of those locked down. It's the October 19th game, the Thursday night game at JMU. Uh, we'll talk more when it comes time about who that is. But uh, we've got these others that haven't locked in yet. So if you want to sponsor one of these tailgates and get a very, very, very unique sponsorship opportunity to reach a lot of different people in person and a video forever, hit us up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we mentioned this before. It's it's a great way to provide an outing for your employees uh, to have a nice casual place to land for some of your clients. Just invite them over and have a great time. You know, we're, we're basically lending our tailgate spaces, you know, right? Like the, the tailgate kind of is what you want to make of it, but uh, we will give you an opportunity to you know, partner with us to, for utilize, uh, utilizing our spaces and we'll, you know, involve you in the Thundercast live broadcast and, and we'll give you an opportunity to talk to potential customers and potential clients in the area uh, because it's all about building a network of trusted businesses for herd fans that they know, hey, I had this happen, so I know I can call A, B, C, you know, business because I had this happen. Uh, and I have to take a second and say thanks to 304 Car Wreck at, at Laser Oliver. Those guys have been really great for us. And um, if you ever have, you know, the need for legal services, car wrecks, truck wreck, anything like that, they should be your first call. As far as Ignite Link goes, um, You've heard Jed say it a lot. If you've got small, medium, or even a large scale business and you need, you have the need for IT services, give them a call. You know, if you, if you are a small business and you can't afford to hire an IT department, Ignite Link is your IT department, right? Um, I'm sure they have goods and services and packages available that will fit your business's needs. And let me tell you, man, they're really great at what they do. And they're herd fans, they're herd alums, they really care. And, you know, they, they believe in us and believe the messaging that we're giving out so much so that Jed puts aside a lot of his free time to produce Thundercast Live. He's produced other events for us where like the, the Cornhole Tournament, you know, where we were there last spring. He was broadcasting and, you know, putting on the production for us to be able to broadcast. And he even joined us at the table for a while and had a great time. So you got to help these folks out. The links to their pages are in the description to all of our episodes. If you have a need for their services, we make it really easy to get in contact with them. And the last thing I'll say about that is, Russ, the, or the athletic year is cranked up, which means the Around the Herd segment is going to be bigger and better than during the offseason. And that provides a really great opportunity for another business to get involved with the Thundercast and sponsor Around the Herd so that you can get your name out every week you know around the herd brought to you by insert company name here so that you too can try to build your business on a local level russ that's all i got if you got nothing else takes out here yeah uh just really want to talk about that around the herd segment it could be uh kd's construction company takes you around the herd or it could be around the herd brought to you by just like what you said so Plenty of opportunities. Uh, guys, this is what makes our show free to everyone, but also allows us to give tickets away, 
send people to bowl games like we did last year, mm-hmm. uh, give away gear that we did last year, free tailgates, all the different things. It's all thanks to our sponsors. And we have had a pretty good success rate for people doing uh, sponsorships with us and us getting them business in return. Yep. All right. So whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the dot, or whether you see us tailgating in the sea lot coming up in less than two weeks, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast next week, Russ. It's a week one preview. Can you believe it? We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>